today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Tech Talk. Adam Oldfield, the president and CEO of FPM, FPM3 Marketing and Vacuum Man, is with us once again. Uh, I hope you're hanging in there this week, Adam. Oh, I am hanging in there, Bill. Let me tell you, you know what? We're going into busy season. And let me tell you, if you're looking for a job and you've got a gas fitters ticket and I'm even hiring those with a valid driver's license, Bill, I'm a pleading that you are welcome to apply online. We are hiring. We are been very, very busy. And now's the time. If you're looking for work, I can be able to definitely take care. Starting between $20 to $25 an hour, I am seeking a lot of assistance. It's been very, very busy. Excellent. Well, uh, they can get in touch with everybody at Vacuum Man and uh, see that they, what the openings there at that fine company. We are heading, I just mentioned before the uh, the news update a few minutes ago, uh, we're heading into allergy season. I know it's been kind of chilly and it's, uh, spring has been delayed a little bit, but you know the, the sneezing and the watery eyes and everything are coming up and people are thinking, how do I get relief from this? Uh, there is a new technology involving, are you kidding, contact lenses? Yeah, this is, you know what, eye drops are like so old school, Bill. Nobody wants to okay. use eye drops. I mean, you got to open your eyes, you got to squeeze your, your eyelid open. Now they have just come out with Johnson & Johnson, got the approval from the FDA that these are now capable of having a liquid injected uh, contact lens that think of it as medicated contact lenses that you put in. And it's amazing that 40% of contacts lenses, uh, lens wearers have itchy eyes. And of course you can't rub them because they're contact lenses. Well, it's got antihistamine directly in it and will be dispersed equally through your eyes. So you don't have to keep putting eye drops in. So if you have a serious concern with allergies, especially during this season, um, you know, it's probably a, a phenomenal solution for those that, you know, even don't even wear contact lenses. This is actually a medicated contact lens, which could be a step in the future for how other medications could be administered other than orally and injected into us. Amazing. Uh, new innovations almost every day. What's going on with Amazon uh, about uh, 3D printers all of a sudden? They're not going to carry them anymore? Well, you know what? I mean, you and I have talked on, on, on Tech Talk for going on more than six years. I was looking at the math because I, I like to research when we talk about things. And I was bragging uh, four years ago on Tech Talk with you about 3D printing's the future. You'll be able to print your shoes. You'll be able to print your products. And, and they have been. They've been really, really going popular with building molds and otherwise. Well, Amazon's made a very bold announcement that by the year 2024, you will no longer be able to purchase a 3D printer through their platform. Now that's massive because Amazon sells more than 12 million products at a, at a lower price. Um, but now they're going into a specific, and this, I haven't got all the background on this yet, Bill, but from what I know, Bill has made a claim that they are going to be removing all third-party 3D printers. Then they're going to be putting a new product on the market, which is their own 3D printer. So it's almost like they're removing all the competition, but they made the announcement that they will exclusively design and manufacture an Amazon product that will be available on its system. Now, Amazon receives over 2 billion visits per month when it comes to purchases, 2 billion. So this is a, a, you know very interesting, this announcement's been made. 
Um, because I'm wondering, and I'm just speculating here, that is this a direction Amazon could be taking with many other products that it manufactures? Um, because many different suppliers and otherwise use Amazon as a portal to sell their products. So um, kind of like where we used to be able to buy ketchup chips with the brand name on it. Now they got a yellow label and they're just no name local grocery store. This might be the direction Amazon's looking to start creating and controlling its own product lines. Well, when you control the market and capture the market like that, and then all of a sudden, okay, you can only buy our product now. That uh, that tells you something about the, their marketing, I guess. Uh, speaking of 3D labs, and, and I'm glad you brought that up because you've spoken a lot about them over the last couple of years. Uh, it seems there is no end to what they're working on and what they're developing. Well, you know, this one is definitely a milestone, especially for Canada. The University of British Columbia have utilized 3D printing to a whole new level. And one of them they've been able to do successfully is to be able to reproduce. So they're producing sperm through a 3D printer. And the replication uses natural human DNA. Now, this is really, really critical because we know that in our world that there is apparently one in six couples, I didn't know this, in Canada experience infertility. So this is something doctors and patients now have the ability to say if you're trying to bore, you know, bear children and that, that was un, unavailable or not available due to whatever circumstance that is uh, uh, on apply, you can now... And this is so such an exciting scientific development that in Canada, we were one of the first to be able to identify and build a 3D printed uh, sperm. Now, I didn't get into the depth of how many they make or how it all, I guess you only need one, um, you know, so it, it, it's got a little bit of a creepy element to it. Honestly, Bill, it almost had me feeling like if, if there was like Nazi Germany today, they would be like so excited about this development. It's scary to the degree of where science has gone, but they have successfully been able to do it using DNA. And this now can uh, for, uh, fertilize or be able to utilize for those uh, that are seeking to have children and haven't or maybe have those complications. So it's a massive milestone for Canadian science. Well, especially, I mean, there are some people that are just uncomfortable looking for donors, and they know this may be yes. part of the solution for them. So there's there's a practical use to it, but you're right, it can get a little weird, too, I suppose, for some people. We've all seen the TV commercial over the last couple of weeks, I guess, now, but uh, somebody who's jogging out in the wooded area, and they have a, a fall or something like that, and their iPhone tracks them so they can find out, you know, and they get rescued and all that. You know, the watch, it was a watch, but you've done some work on this the iphone actually has an sos feature i did not know that no oh yeah it's been around from one of the first iphone developments and and you know what it's one of those things that um you know many people probably didn't realize they had it it's a question of how do you get it to work um a british gentleman was snowboarding in the swiss alps recently and he fell 15 feet through the ice and thank goodness he landed on a bridge of ice otherwise he would have fallen deep into the crevice and he had his iphone he had 3g signal and he was able to use the sos feature which is on your iphone so, you know, I, I thought this was a very relevant to the fact that it saved his life and they were able to get there within 45 minutes to save him before he fell, uh, probably to his death to that matter. But um, one of the elements is that there are two ways you can use your iPhone, depending on what model you have. So if you have the iPhone 7 and older, you rapidly press the side button five times. 
one, two, three, four, five, kind of like your password. And then what you do is the SOS uh, will appear and you have to slide it over and it will instantly call 911. Now, if you have a newer model from iPhone 7, it's one of the more recent models that are available that are out there uh, and you don't have a home button, you press and hold the side button down and one of the volume buttons. So uh, the side button, volume button, and again, the uh, the emergency SOS will appear. So. Um, you can probably try it. It won't dial. You have to actually slide it over to dial 911. But it's good to know in the case of you're in an emergency or something, you're feeling fear for your life and you have your phone with you versus go to your phone, dialing the number. You can actually tap, tap, tap and slide and instantly dials and gets an emergency response. Why didn't they talk about this? I, I, that's, this is the first time I've heard about that. You know, I've been using iPhones for a long time now. Um, you know what? I mean, honestly, there's so many features in the iPhone that still have yet to be, uh, I would say, uh, announced or shared. I mean, I learned one the other day, Bill, as I have, an, um, you know, I use tablets and I use desktops. I use an Android yeah. from my phone. But there's a feature in the newest uh, iOS 15 where if you take a photo, and this is true, I tested it. You have to have the, uh, uh, the, the touch screen on your iPad. And what you can do is take your photo on your iPhone and pinch your fingers as if you're picking it up as if you're squeezing your fingers together and then you move your fingers to the iPad and drop it as if you're dropping it on and it will move the photo, transfer the photo from your iPhone to your iPad. So uh, it's only on the new iOS and, uh, but there's so many cool features I'm learning as well. And, you know, my daughter, by the way, uh, is probably saying, uh, you know, dad, I've been telling you this forever, uh, you know, and, and I, I still yet to learn. So anyway, there's so many cool things. This one's a critical one. You're right. Hasn't really given the the, 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 the substantial meat that Apple usually gives of their benefits, but that is critical for safety reasons, especially now with the Apple Watch with all of its extra safety features. Exactly. Well, you heard it here first, for a lot of you anyway. New technology. I love when you talk about how tech is really improving medical technology. Uh, and this next one, I think, is a great example of that. You know what? I, I, I saw this and, and it reminded me as a young kid, uh, you know, growing up, I remember there was a kid in my school and he, and he thought it would be funny to swallow pennies. And, you know, and I don't know why. I mean, I, I was like, oh, what are you doing? I'm, and he, I don't know. He kept swallowing pennies. Anyway, he had to go and get his stomach pumped. And, you know, and I remember him having to be carted off and he was really sick for that reason. Anyway, there's a technology now that if, you know, for whatever reasons you're swallowing beads or medical or anything that you shouldn't, you no longer necessarily need to have your stomach pumped. It's a magnetic slime robot. Yes, it's like uh, if you've ever seen Spider-Man Venom, it looks like a black blob that kind of moves. And what they're doing is they're using this where people can now swallow this small, uh, I'm going to call it Spider-Man's Venom. <laughs> and what it does is it actually is capable of pulling products into it. So it absorbs it into, uh, into it and then safely is capable of being removed from the human. So, um, you know, and that makes it much safer than pumping and putting, cutting open uh, or trying to uh, extract uh, something that might be in your stomach. The example of where this medical product could go even further, uh, obviously this is in a metallic side or items of which people swallow they shouldn't items, um, is where they might be able to administer uh, as well, medication and, uh, you know, any kind of challenges that baby people have with ulcers uh, or cancerous issues. This is, a, again, another innovative way a robot can save and help our lives. 
I wanted to ask you about this, uh, and I'm glad that you included in the lineup here today, some, uh, about your good friend Elon Musk. Uh, and the news, of course, was uh, just a couple of days ago that he has now bought uh, a, a large share, well, actually, I guess the majority, 9%, but a lot of money, uh, Twitter. Now, this guy's been a critic of Twitter for I don't know how long, Adam. He doesn't yeah. like it. He doesn't like the content. He doesn't like the fact that Twitter is trying to, uh, to editorialize and, and to try to uh, set a standard for this. Uh, he hasn't bought the company, but he's uh, he's spending an awful lot of money to have some influence on it. Absolutely. Well, the maximum amount he would be able to buy into Twitter is 14%. So that's the maximum he would be able to invest as a, as a shareholder. He's got nine, which is the majority at this stage of the game to uh, to be able to have a say. So um, I keep hearing in the news freedom of speech. And as you commented, you know, he's very much vocal and he's had many debates online when it comes to Twitter. In fact, I think he was in an argument with Drake and, uh, you know, a few other uh, celebrities or, you know, even even political leaders. I think he threatened to box Putin, if I'm right. Um, but anyway, he has been always vocal on Twitter. And one of his biggest outcries is the fact that it's freedom of speech. That makes perfect sense. And boy, let me tell you, folks, sleight of hand, if you know what magic's about, this gentleman is doing a phenomenal job. Let me tell you, I see something deeper here. His interest in Twitter for sure is going to be a vocal a vocal play of how he can be able to do freedom of speech. However, as I've commented on Tech Talk in the past, Elon Musk has an interest of much bigger degrees. He is an entrepreneur. He is a very, very smart entrepreneur, I will say that. And boy, this man, if I could get into his head and figure it out, I think is genius. So first of all, Elon Musk, we know for a fact, is moving into the gaming industry. He is very much invested into it. He's made that announcement with Tesla. He has stated that for a fact, he is going to have 50,000 streaming games in the Tesla car uh, using uh, a Steam as the main primary element. Gaming is a trillion dollar business to grow. Following that, Twitter is a dead social media. It hasn't done much. It's not making any money. It's literally stagnant, making $39 million a year, which is not a far cry. However, it needs some invigorating. So Twitter, in my opinion, is Elon Musk's step to use Twitter to get into the cryptocurrency and linking it with the video game world. And uh, I, I could be wrong, Bill, but I have a feeling that in a year from now, we're going to be saying, hey, Adam, remember when you said Elon Musk did this with Twitter? I think, I think that's going to be his direction because it's genius based on his direction he's going with all of his companies. Well, and it's kind of strange, too, because as you say, when he was butting heads with Twitter, he actually threatened at one time to start his own service. Uh, and I guess he figured this was just as cheap. Why not pick this thing up in the, you know, in the bargain basement, which is what he seems to be doing. But not everything Elon Musk turns to gold. Uh, oh. I still remember with great hoopla when he unveiled his, uh, his cyber truck, uh, the Tesla cyber truck a little while ago. How's that going? Well, you know what? That was still, you know what sticks in my head? Not so much the announcement of the Cybertruck, Bill, but the announcement of how it was bulletproof and he smashed it with throwing the ball at it yeah. or the baseball bat. And I just, <laughs> it's still one of those moments of, oh, well, that's awkward. Anyway, well, sure <laughs> enough, similar to the situation of, of realizing it wasn't all it was cracked up to be, they finally discovered that anyone who put down a deposit on the Cybertruck is getting their money back. Yes, that's right. Uh, similar to the Roadster, they determined that the costs are the reason and operations to get it where it needs to be for Tesla to be happy to roll out. They've actually canceled 
the Cybertruck. It is officially dead. There will be no more. The only vi- uh, physical Cybertruck is going to be on Jay Leno's garage. And I can say that with, with you know, Tesla or Elon Musk himself, boy, you know, as an entrepreneur, you got to make it sound big and glorious. And then at the end of it, it's like, okay, everyone just forget. I'm going to show that. So the Cybertruck is officially gone. Well, and, and that's too bad. Poor guy. He's, he's going to be ruined, I can see. Uh, i got one more. i got to jump in here because EVs, even though Elon's uh, truck didn't make it, uh, they've upped the, uh, the the timeline for EVs right now. But you mentioned alternative fuels, and, and I know the, the battery-operated car is one of the things that everybody's pushing for right now. But you've talked about nitrogen in the past, and at least one government's figuring, hey, that's a pretty good idea and a pretty good alternative. You know, I could be wrong, Bill. And again, I state these comments and what I share with folks is that my research is is speculative and it is factual to the degree of I am I I like electric vehicles. I mean, I talk about it. I you know, speak of all the things that Tesla's doing and GM and all these other uh, uh, Lucid and otherwise. But I also believe it's not sustainable. I believe that we got to look at other options. Hydrogen, which I talked last week about a Canadian company building an engine that's going to be able to, we have more hydrogen and it's capable of burning clean in abundance. Well, I believe in my argument is, is now coming to fruition, Bill. And one German retailer that had a full fleet of electric uh, tractor trailers has now realized that he needs to switch and and they are they're going to green hydrogen fuel cells because the uh the level of how often it needs to be charged the distance it can go when you're load uh, when you have a heavy load and that much weight and otherwise it's not there yet science has not allowed an electrical battery to allow heavy vehicles to be able to use electric uh, uh sources of energy so um anyway i i stay i stand by this because i know we're going to be moving to the year 2035 and p- folks don't get caught up on the EV side. I think we need to factor in that other clean energy solutions are available. Hydrogen, and when I said this one time, Bill, I had someone say, it's going to be like a bunch of Hindenburgs driving around. It's going to be explosions everywhere. I don't think that's the case. We have a much better way of controlling the hydrogen gas. So uh, it's capable of burning safely, especially on big, heavy trucks and aircraft and large vehicular traffic. Well, uh, yeah, have something to keep an eye on in the future, because uh, I know other folks are looking into it, too. Uh, we're out of time. We do this every Friday at 1135. It's Tech Talk with Adam Oldfield from FPM and FPM3 Marketing. Thanks, Adam. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next Friday. Thanks, Bill. Take care. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.